This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Blue Convictions, market analysis and asset allocation views. Hello, good morning, good afternoon to all, and we hope you're all safe. Uh, We've entered into, I would say, a new phase uh, of the COVID crisis. Uh, More and more, uh, I think, uh, we're getting more used to the situation, if I may use the term. Um, The adaptation phase in a number uh, of uh, economies uh, is not totally behind us, but let's say uh, the uh, confinement measures uh, now have been put into place for weeks uh, in a number of major economies. Uh, On the policy, budgetary, monetary side, uh, a number of answers uh, have been delivered in the past weeks and now we've moved more into an implementation phase. Uh, And we can see uh, the impact on this new phase uh, on the market uh, with still a lot of volatility around, but nevertheless, a situation that has become a little calmer. So to make the assessment uh, of this new phase, uh, I'm happy today to be with our chief economist, Monica Dishan, uh, and our global head of E16.com, uh, Eric Bra, uh, who is uh, the CEO, one of the main CIOs uh, of the Amundi. Uh, and today our ambition uh, is uh, to make the assessment of this new phase of the crisis uh, with a particular angle and focus uh, on uh, the European uh, situation. Uh, So I would like first, Monica, you uh, to start this conversation uh, by touching three elements. What is your assessment uh, of the uh, evolution, uh, I would say, of uh, the virus crisis itself? Second, what have you seen on the market uh, since our last conversation uh, last week? And third, uh, where are we uh, on the public answer to the crisis? Uh, with a little focus uh, on the ECB role. So if you can give us your views on basically what happened uh, since uh, we spoke last week. Uh, Good morning, uh, everybody. Since the last time we spoke, the the virus uh, spread uh, and outbreak in in the US, where uh, over the last days we have seen an increase of of the numbers. And uh, the, the good news is that uh, the U.S. authorities uh, uh, are responding uh, in a much uh, bolder way, uh, both in terms of lockdowns that now uh, have been extended to, uh, to the end of April. They're preparing a fourth round of, of fiscal, uh, fiscal package. So uh, they are aware uh, that a big action and a bold step needs to be taken in order to, to face uh, uh, the crisis and, uh, and save uh, the country that, according to us, uh, would be the game changer in the uh, deployment and the path uh, of, uh, of, the, of the rebound. Uh, good signs uh, are coming, uh, encouraging signs, I would say, uh, are stemming from Europe, where we do see uh, some signs of uh, stabilization. Um, Italy is considering to extend the lockdowns. So again, social distancing is something uh, that uh, is uh, um, is, a con- is considered as the first uh, um, and more effective uh, measure uh, to to be taken. 
Also, uh, this is costing uh, from uh, an economic uh, perspective uh, quite, uh, quite, uh, quite a big toll. So uh, we are expecting the debate uh, uh, between uh, governments trying to temper the trade-off between economic security on one side and national uh, security on, uh, on the other uh, to, to continue. When it goes to, uh, to Europe, uh, again, we have seen uh, bolder action both on the monetary and the uh, budgetary front. I will start with the monetary side. The ECB uh, has been uh, working on uh, on two channels, uh, launching a new TRTRO. Today, uh, we will see how uh, the third option uh, has gained, but uh, with the results that we have so far, shows a broad participation of the banking sector, meaning that there is no stigma uh, attached uh, to uh, the uh, acquisition of these lending facilities. Uh, the liquidity uh, that has been issued uh, up to uh, end of last, uh, last week is around 300 billion, so it's uh, huge. Then on the uh, quantitative easing, uh, the uh, ECB uh, launched uh, this uh, new program, the pandemic uh, purchase program that is targeting uh, this, uh, this emergency and is uh, um, targeting primarily the purchase of uh, public securities in order to help them in uh, funding uh, the, the, the emergency. On one side then, uh, the, uh, the ECB has been successful in uh, tempering down the, the funding needs. On the uh, and um, on the second effort, they've been successful on uh, anchoring expectation on the uh, sovereign uh, sovereign spread. This does not mean that uh, uh, volatility uh, will uh, will come down. We think that uh, this is something that uh, we remain both uh, on the uh, equity and on the uh, fixed income uh, land for uh, for for a while. Um, we have been uh, recently uh, um, listening to uh, more and more ECB representatives being more vocal on uh, uh, on a shared solution on the uh, government front. This is still uh, on the on the pipeline. So far, uh, we've seen uh, governments taking actions at national level. Uh, working on health policies on the one side, we've seen a big investment on uh, on the hospitals, uh, for example, and on the research and development. This is something that uh, is uh, true uh, globally. Although we don't think that uh, any vaccine will uh, come uh, in the in the pipeline. In the pipeline soon, uh, there has been uh, uh, tax um, tax cuts, uh, prostitution, some facilities uh, for lower income uh, people, uh, funding to the small and, and medium enterprises. So, uh, all in all, uh, we will say that um, the, the challenge is, is paramount, uh, but the governments are trying to tackle. Uh, with uh, policies aimed at controlling the value spread and the human impact while they're working on labor policies and incentives to, to the companies in order to preserve life, uh, first, livelihood, income and businesses. Okay, thank you very much, Monica. Um, I would like Eric uh, 
you to elaborate uh, particularly, uh, I would say, uh, on the uh, European credit markets, uh, because uh, I think uh, this is uh, a market uh, on which uh, we are a particularly a big player uh, on, and therefore I think your insights will be particularly uh, valuable uh, for our clients. Uh, I would like you first maybe uh, to make a comment uh, on what you've seen in terms of evolution since the beginning of the crisis on the European credit markets. Um, have you, uh, where are we today or what is your assessment uh, of the situation, notably uh, in terms of uh, liquidity uh, and also maybe that you give your comments uh, on the access to funding uh, from uh, European corporates because we've seen uh, in the past few days uh, a number of uh, very big uh, issuances uh, that have been oversubscribed. So can you give us, I, I would say, your view of the evolution of the European credit market uh, and where are we at the moment? Yes, uh, Jean-Jacques, thank you. Thank you for the, for the question. So this gives me, in fact, uh, an opportunity to start uh, my comments uh, with the good news. So uh, in case uh, anybody needs uh, uh, to raise his, uh, his spirits, yes, after a very difficult period over the past three weeks, and basically, uh, or, or, or even more, uh, particularly in terms of liquidity in the European uh, in the European markets, we are uh, clearly seeing some light at the end of the, of the tunnel. So, uh, so, so, which is uh, very welcome. Multiple signs of. Uh, uh, the improvement in the in, in, in the situation on the credit market uh, issuance has resumed uh, in a significant manner since uh, last week. So uh, so and this uh, is true both uh, in the US and uh, and, and Europe. Uh, when compared to last week, we see better uh, trading condition, meaning that we are able to trade both ways whether selling or buying in in this market and we see that uh, we see that there is a pretty uh, pretty uh, good level of demand on new issuance uh, uh, we have a number of examples huh? uh, maybe one part one which is particularly spectacular in uh, in the US market more recently with uh, Oracle uh, being uh, able to launch a new issue with uh, a book of uh, 50 billion, uh, so which is uh, huge if not record, but also we had a very good level of demand on uh, European issuance uh, last week on names, uh, high quality names like Sanofi and Liquid and, and so on. What is important is the capability to, to trade both ways, as, as I mentioned. So, uh, so this is something which uh, uh, obviously allow to uh, to be active in terms of uh, in terms of uh, portfolio management and risk management in this uh, in these conditions. Uh, apart from this good news, I'm not going to tell you about uh, about bad news. I'm going to tell you about the question marks or points of attention that we see in the market um, uh, at the moment. Liquidity is uh, is uh, getting better, but not. Uh, uh, back to the to the previous conditions. Obviously, we have a number of elements of fragmentation in the market that we need to take into consideration uh, before making any uh, any investment decision. A couple of examples: uh, we have a sort of a curve fragmentation at the moment. Uh, uh, meaning that the liquidity is not exactly at the same level depending on the maturities. Longer maturities are probably easier to trade than short, uh, short-term maturities. There is sort of a, <clears throat> there is sort of a, a, a point of fragmentation around five years in terms of maturity. 
So the short end of the curve still need to get uh, to, to to get support. Uh, the return of liquidity in, uh, in the market being uh, to a large extent uh, um, uh, made possible by the uh, uh, CSPP and uh, very probably the implementation because we are at the very beginning of this of the pandemic uh, purchase program. So uh, we have reason to think that uh, think that the situation could uh, could uh, evolve in a in the right direction going going forward. Um, we also uh, have uh, uh, some other uh, point of attention. We have uh, obviously a sector fragmentation, meaning that the appetite uh, is not homogeneous across all sectors, and this is uh, obviously very understandable uh, because of the the. The, the impact of the COVID, uh, the, the COVID uh, crisis, uh, and also uh, from a rating perspective, uh, just as a reminder, uh, the, 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 the QE and uh, the central bank interventions being concentrated on the IG part of the market, obviously there is a rating fragmentation, meaning that the, cons the, 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 the impact of, uh, of the QE is uh, uh, very uh, uh, benefits a lot to the to the IG part and obviously the IEL part is uh, is uh, uh, not in the scope, which is not an issue in itself. The issue being that we have seen some uh, uh, very preemptive uh, uh, reaction from rating agencies uh, over the past few days. Ratings are not supposed to be uh, in usual uh, usually. Uh, 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 leading indicators. Uh, so is it that rating agencies uh, try to uh, not um, uh, try to be more reactive than, than than usual? The point is that we may face rating uh, transitions going forward. Uh, rating transition can transform uh, the usual features of of uh, issuers, uh, making them eligible uh, or not to uh, investment for investors, depending on their guidelines, but also making them eligible or not to the to, to the QE. So this is a point of attention, and obviously all this has a, a consequences in terms of uh, in terms of uh, prices. So why do I mention all this uh, all, all this element? Because when it comes to investments, obviously uh, in the in the coming uh, in the coming weeks, uh, uh, we have to take that into account. In, a, in our investment decision, I will be back uh, later on on that. Regarding the question, and uh, you tell me, Jean-Jacques, if uh, 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 I, I took all the questions, regarding your, your question uh, about uh, the access to funding for, uh, for corporates, uh, I think that probably we have some sort of fragmentation, potential fragmentation also here uh, in the market, but I want to uh, just to remind uh, everyone and uh, uh, state something which uh, I guess is, is obvious, but nevertheless, uh, market access, uh, the market is not the only uh, funding tool for uh, for corporates, and obviously uh, uh, the new TLTRO for the banks is uh, something which is going to play uh, very strongly in favor of uh, funding for uh, for corporates. From, on that front, uh, uh, I don't think that we. Uh, should, uh, we should uh, worry a lot regarding access to, to funding. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Eric. So these uh, all in all, in such a context, these are uh, relatively uh, positive news. Um, I don't know if it's possible to be 
even more positive. Um, but we've seen uh, a number uh, of clients asking the questions of potential opportunities uh, on the uh, euro credit market. Uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, there are some opportunities in that field at the moment? Uh, and what are you doing yourself uh, in, uh, in the portfolios? Uh, to be very clear, uh, we still give a very high priority to the liquidity levels of our portfolios. Um, uh, so this is a critical uh, critical aspect. We don't want to uh, deteriorate our liquidity position. And the liquidity position has basically two aspects, probably more, but at least the level of liquidity, obviously, in the in the portfolios. Uh, uh, and second, the quality of portfolios, so that we can uh, uh, have and manage portfolios that are optimal from uh, from that point of view in the in in, in the market. So what we are we are doing, we try to uh, make the most of the uh, current opportunities. There are opportunities because, as I was uh, uh, telling you, we had uh, we have more issuance coming. This issuance is coming with uh, uh, generally a, a premium, and there is um, uh, an opportunity here to benefit from the premium of uh, of these new issuance. But we uh, uh what we do as far as possible is that we go for we we try to carry out arbitrages in the in, in the portfolio so that we generate liquidity uh in the portfolios before we get for this uh, for this new issuance but we are able to do that uh, as i was mentioning we can trade both ways in the market so it's possible to uh, uh, reduce position in some areas of portfolio so that we can uh, we can go for uh, some investment in the in the primary market, and I think that it makes a, a, a lot of, of sense in the current conditions. But still, this comes sec second to the to the first priority, which is to maintain liquidity levels and the quality of our uh, of our portfolio. Okay, thanks, Eric. It's uh, it's, it's very clear. Uh, Monica, coming back to you, um, as uh, we have a European uh, focus uh, today uh, for the first part of our conversation. Um, there have been a lot uh, of analysis comments uh, on uh, the uh, current European uh, discussions uh, regarding the answer, the European answer to the crisis. Uh, so a lot is focusing notably on the difficulty to reach an, an agreement on uh, what could be called the COVID corona bonds. I don't know what uh, would be uh, the uh, exact good uh, neologism uh, to define them. But uh, can you Tell us uh, your assessment uh, of uh, the ongoing conversation at European level. Uh, how do you see uh, the evolutions of the discussions, notably when it comes uh, to these uh, pandemic bonds uh, potentially uh, to be launched? And would that be or not a real game changer if there was to be an agreement in that field? Okay, so uh, the the issue is that when you have a strong policies uh, uh, responses that are aimed at uh, uh, avoiding structural damages, uh, at one point uh, you need to ask yourself how uh, you are going to pay back these uh, higher debt that that you are uh, piling up. Uh, the answer will come up from the Eurogroup uh, in the next. Uh, uh, 10 days. And in the meanwhile, as uh, uh, you were saying, a lot of talks are uh, going on, but mostly because uh, these uh, euro bond, corona bond, COVID bond, how, however we want to relabel them, is an ideological step forward, uh, in my opinion, towards uh, fiscal, uh, a fiscal union. 
So, um, in practical terms, uh, likely the fastest solution will be the one of uh, uh, implementing the offer of uh, enhanced credit line uh, to multiple member states. Uh, this is something that is uh, uh, legally there because it recalls uh, somehow the, uh, the OMT. But again, how the conditionality attached to uh, these uh, uh, credit lines uh, will be in, uh, will be penciled and will define the stigma uh, that you, the political stigma that you might uh, attach uh, attach to that. But this is uh, for sure uh, the the fastest uh, the fastest solution, and it would be good to open it on multiple. Uh, um, multiple lines, so applying symmetrical, symmetrically to all member states uh, on the reasoning that uh, this uh, pandemic is, uh, is global and is uh, uh, outbreaking uh, every, everywhere in, the, um, in, a, in a similar way. Actually, uh, in Germany, we are seeing uh, numbers that are uh, better than the than the rest uh, of Europe, uh, for sure, when compared to the statistics in uh, in Italy and in Spain, and this is maybe uh, one of the reasons why we are seeing some uh, resistance on the on the German side uh, when it goes to uh, more um, fiscal uh, fiscal cooperation and fiscal uh, fiscal sharing. Uh, the uh, the argument that is uh, played by the Nordics by Germany is the one of moral hazard, uh, meaning that if uh, we allow this uh, uh, this kind of uh, risk sharing and we give out on the uh, sovereignty of the uh, of the bond uh, of the debt uh, um, issuance, uh, this might encourage some countries uh, to deviate from the uh, response process uh, in terms of fiscal discipline they vented. Um, my opinion is that uh, uh, if we do it uh, uh, in a very short term, and if this is targeted, this should really uh, prevent uh, prevent uh, moral hazard uh, phenomena, and it would uh, really allow uh, for uh, a big, big step forward uh, in terms of political step forward for the Union side. It would definitely ease uh, and uh, facilitate the job of the uh, European Central Bank, because you would create uh, this partnership between the fiscal side and the monetary side, as it is the case for the U.S., uh, for example. And last but not least, uh, you might uh, uh, you might create uh, some uh, more uh, fiscal. Uh, um, fiscal pool uh, in order to to face uh, this uh, this uh, um, this uh, shock. It is obvious not uh, an easy task, and it's a really a tricky exercise to design uh, the the corona bond. How big the issuance should be? How to size uh, how to size them? Uh, for, for example, is uh, the target because the target is really key crucial. It has to uh, be targeting the post-crisis reconstruction, or it has to target now the the, the, the risk uh, sharing now and implementing uh, as measures that uh, are able to cope with the with the spread. So uh, you know, ideologically, is something big, uh, but the when it, it is uh, uh, when it goes to concrete life, it is not uh, a simpler uh, exercise. Uh, 
a simple exercise to be to be to be defined. Um, there is a one um, one uh, argument that uh, is uh, on the on the press, in particular in Italy, uh, as uh, you can uh, imagine, calling for um, bonds, uh, Corona bonds issued uh, at country level or uh, a consortium of of funds. Well. Uh, this is something, this is a road I hope we want to enter, uh, just because, uh, it, it smells to me as the anti-room, uh, of, uh, euro, uh, fragility moving, uh, moving ahead. Thank you very much, Monica. To, to summarize, uh, I would say that, um, clearly it's a major political issue, uh, that, um, the joint, uh, European bond issuance uh, clearly uh, is uh, desirable uh, because, as you were saying, uh, that would be a, a last step for the completion uh, of uh, the uh, euro area for sure. But this being said, uh, if that was not going to happen, this nevertheless would not prevent the tools that have been put into place against the crisis to be performative, first point, mm-hmm. uh, which I think uh, is, uh, is, an, uh, is an important one. Uh, and uh, second, uh, even if uh, that was put into place, uh, the, or- the initial order of magnitude uh, would not be probably uh, of, uh, I would say, huge size, meaning uh, this is something which is uh, extremely symbolic, extremely political, uh, but yeah. in the very short term, uh, not maybe uh, the ultimate instrument uh, against the crisis. Just to put it into context, huh, because uh, I think uh, I think it's uh, it's important uh, to make the proper assessment of the importance of the issue. Important clearly for the completion of the uh, euro, of the, uh, euro area, but at the same time, uh, maybe not also uh, the ultimate instrument to solve the, the current uh, the current crisis. Um, Eric, coming back to you, uh, because you're uh, not only in charge uh, of uh, managing uh, all the, the uh, European uh, portfolios on the 15 consign, but also at the global side, um, can you give us a little bit your insights uh, on uh, GFI uh, and uh, basically also what have you been doing uh, in such a context uh, in the GFI portfolios, just trying to... Mm-hmm. I would say I have a little more global view at the end of this call than a pure European focus. Yeah, okay. Uh, to start with, I think that we have sort of a double challenge which is lying ahead for us. I, uh, the first one is uh, is linked with the, the current situation. The return of, uh, of uh, liquidity in the market is welcome because total returns uh, uh, have been hit across the board on all markets. So uh, the idea is for us to uh, resume uh, investment management as usual to fight uh, this, uh, this situation. Uh, so this is one thing. But the second more important thing at this stage is to be able to uh, uh, put on the table um, the question of valuation and what should be uh, uh, the market direction going forward. What I mean is that uh, the situation after the crisis uh, will certainly be different from the situation before. I'll give you one example taken in the, uh, if you look at the uh, uh, IE market, for instance, uh, the IE market has been uh, hit 
Uh, it's pricing very uh, uh, high uh, default risk going forward. The question for us is now to assess from a fundamental point of view uh, 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 what are the names we are going to make it, what are the names that are not going to make it uh, in this context. So the fundamentals, the capability to put uh, our research as wor at work, uh, whether on the corporate or the foreign side, is going to be critical. To get back on the, the, our positioning and what we've been doing, uh, particularly in the GFI space, after a phase of uh, almost of a very, uh, you know, uh, liquidity black hole in the in the market, and uh, uh, before before that we uh, we had uh, de-risked uh, our portfolios. We have uh, kept uh, we have we basically stick to our target in terms of liquidity. We have reduced some risks. Uh, in the GFI portfolios, for instance, on the, on the European peripheral markets. We have maintained our uh, long US dollar position, uh, even, even though we are well aware that uh, some of the macro edge uh, usual tools, long dollar, long core markets, have been uh, uh, in a disruption, uh, I would say, uh, phase uh, before, but we stick to uh, uh, to the very high quality assets in our portfolio. So uh, we stick to the uh, to the uh, U.S. assets and the U.S. euro spread in our uh, in our GFI portfolios. We have been tactically managing some positions, uh, for instance, in the in the tips uh, area. We have not made, uh, for the time being, any uh, strong uh, strategic decision. We keep uh, a, a rather uh, high-level duration in, uh, in, in core markets uh, again. Uh, this will come uh, later on. For the time being, we uh, concentrate on what should be the valuation of the sovereign market and what should be the valuation in the credit market going forward. So this is a, a, a question. It will take some time for us to, 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 address, to address that. Finally, and to get back, so this is about GFI, to get back on, a, on the rest of our core strategies, global corporate portfolios, for instance, we had a massive underperformance in US versus Euro names. So we are probably going to see how we can uh, move our allocation uh, according to, to that to benefit from a future uh, correction on this spread. And I would say that this is uh, about it for our position at the moment. Okay, thank you uh, really much, uh, Eric. Uh, I think as you've all understood, uh, we are moving progressively this conversation uh, on uh, the assessment of the evolution uh, of the crisis, but also more and more uh, focusing on what we can do uh, in uh, our, uh, I would say, uh, respecting uh, portfolios and according to different asset classes. Uh, so thanks a lot, uh, Eric, for you to uh, inaugurate uh, this uh, first conversation uh, that was dedicated to that. Uh, and we will continue on that route next week, uh, still with you, Monica, uh, but also uh, with uh, Ken Phelps, uh, the CIO uh, of our U.S. Uh, expertise. Uh, to have uh, an in-depth look at what we've done uh, in our U.S. portfolios. So, Eric Monica, thank you very much. Keep safe and see you next week. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2004-39-EC, dated 21st of April 2004, on markets in financial instruments called MIFID, investment services providers, 
and any other professional of the financial industry. Views are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice on behalf of Amundi.